Today we have Marc-Antoine Kaya, founder and CEO of GoPeer, Canada's first peer-to-peer lending platform focused on individuals, not businesses. Mark, thanks for joining us on Canadian Tech Podcast. Thanks for having me, Derek. Terrific. Uh, let's get started here. What was your inspiration for founding GoPeer? Well, initially I started, so I was working at a bank. I was working in investment banking, and as part of our, as part of um, my, my my job at the bank, we were issuing some fixed income securities for a client. Um, more particularly, it was in this particular case, it was um, convertible debentures. And I thought that was an interesting um, investment vehicle for me personally. It was it offered a high yield uh, fixed income with a convertible feature that just fit my overall uh, risk profile and what I was looking for in my own personal investment portfolio. So when I looked at um, op- other opportunities in the market, I re- quickly realized that it's very difficult for a retail investor, so like um, everyday Canadian investor, to access any fixed income product or basically any asset class aside from stocks and perhaps crypto. Um, and and I wanted to change that. And one of the very first thing that you learn in finance, Finance 101, is the importance of building a diversified portfolio, mm-hmm. having multiple asset classes, and and fixed income is always one of the you know, first asset class that, that you learn about. And I thought it was quite surprising that it's not accessible, um, you know, uh, bonds, debentures, it does not trade on an exchange. So unless you have access to a well-connected broker or that you're wealthy enough to have your own desk, uh, your own fixed income trading desk, chances are that you cannot access fixed income um, products. And I thought that was a, a problem that I wanted to solve. And um, that's what initially led led to the idea of GoPeer. Terrific. Yeah. So um there are similar platforms for small businesses. I've seen them. Uh, I, I've checked them out before, but this is specifically uh, targeted at individuals. What was there specifically a need around individuals accessing a peer-to-peer lending platform that you identified as well, or was that simply like the uh, the, the niche that you start uh, that you thought needed to be filled? A little bit of both. So. Um, as I mentioned, the initial inspiration came more from the investor side as I was looking for high-yielding fixed-income products. Mm-hmm. So I studied the market. Um, I, you know, there's various things out there. There's real estate. There's small businesses. There's large businesses. There's also consumer consumer loans. And I quickly realized that there's a huge gap in the Canadian market for consumer loans between what banks are offering and what non-bank lenders are offering. And in terms of interest rate differential, um, I realized that non-bank lenders were, were offering loans at rates that are easily two times, three times, four times what you would get at a bank. And there's not much in between. Um, so I thought clearly that there was a great opportunity there. And, and while I studied a little bit more of the market, um, do a, a deeper dive in the opportunity, uh, I realized there are millions of Canadians that are credit worthy, but fall through the cracks of our current banking system and are left with um, very high cost credit alternatives. So I thought there was an opportunity that uh, was another opportunity that uh, fit well with my original um, uh, idea of of offering high yielding fixed income uh, solutions to Canadians. 
and um, sort of the, both problems sort of solve each other. Where on one hand, we're able to offer loans at attractive rates for the near prime segment, which is the, the category of sort of credit profile that we've decided to serve, uh, while offering attractive returns to investors as well. Terrific. That makes sense. So firms like GoPeer have been operating in the USA for a little while now. Um, and this type of platform has been available to small businesses in Canada, as I mentioned. Before GoPeer, what was the major hurdle to launching a Canadian peer-to-peer -peer platform uh, that was approved for lending between individuals? And and how did GoPeer overcome these hurdles? Because like we said, you were first. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the major hurdles is, I think there's two major hurdles. One is on the legal side and one is on the technology side. On the legal front, there's not really a structure that's in place um, that's sort of easily accessible for entrepreneurs to, to build and launch a company. This is a very highly regulated industry, both on the lending side and on the investment side of the business with provincial jurisdictions, uh, with different regulators. So it's a highly complex um, legal environment. Um, and so we've decided to use a, we've sort of built our own platform by tailoring bits and pieces within the current regulatory framework to, to operate in a manner that is compliant with securities regulations. Okay. Uh, but that process took about 18 months uh, to figure out and lots of meetings with lawyers as well. <laughs> um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm a familiar, very familiar with securities laws uh, now. Um, but that's definitely a very complex uh, and difficult barrier, I, I believe, for, for entrepreneurs to, to, um, to, to build a company in the field of dealing securities and, and lend, online lending. The lending side sure. is a little bit easier to tackle. The other side is on the technology side. So we've spent quite a decent amount of time to find a platform off the shelf that we could use. There's lots of providers out there for peer-to-peer -peer lending platform from Europe, from the United States, from Asia. And we've evaluated about a dozen different supplies, a dozen different platforms, but none of them had what was required for us to comply with regulations. So at the end of the day, we decided to build the platform from scratch. And that was also a pretty massive uh, undertaking. Yeah, I can imagine so. That's interesting. I mean, you would think at some point you'd you'd come across something, especially from maybe from a European a provider who, with a little bit of tweaking, would have been able to to accommodate uh, Canadian and you know maybe provincially specific uh, regulations. But obviously, uh, either you didn't you didn't come across a vendor who was willing to do that, or um, the platform didn't allow you to to customize it to an extent that that would have made sense. Was that basically what it came down to? That's correct. What we've realized is that most of those platforms were initially built for a more traditional lend like lending model, mm. and then they were tweaked to allow for a more peer-to-peer, uh, two-sided marketplace. There were some options that could that we could have used um, with doing some tweakings, but there. Uh, they were, you know, they were more priced for enterprise uh, grade mm. solutions, where it would cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to get started, um, and that was not an option for us. Right, makes sense. So, you know, we're literally talking about people's money here. So, uh, uh, when people are lending, and pe or people are lending, people are borrowing. 
What types of security mechanisms has GoPeer put into place to help prevent things like civil attacks, uh, accounts being drained, uh, other kinds of fraud that, of course, you're, I'm sure, concerned about and your investors are, are concerned about and that sort of thing? Yes, well, I may not be the appropriate person to speak to the details of that. Uh, my co-founder and CTO, um, Joseph, has a uh, long background in data security. He previously worked in the payment industry and, and, um, and compliance. We, we obviously take data security very seriously, um, and we have multiple um, multiple layers of authorization. The data is fully encrypted in transit and at rest. Uh, even myself, for example, as a CEO, I do have access to our database, but I don't have access to the SIN. I don't have access to the bank account numbers, and those are encrypted, and there's no way for me to decrypt them. Uh, I cannot speak exactly to the details of how uh, it's done, mostly because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but, but we definitely take this very seriously. That's good to hear. Uh, maybe we can have your co-founder on for a follow-up uh, later on. Uh, so what are the major benefits customers get from using GoPeer instead of a traditional loan or, or using a credit card? You talked a little bit about this earlier in terms of uh, some people, maybe even like me, uh, following through, falling through the cracks uh, with traditional banking, uh, you know, having to resort to, I guess, what we might call shadow banking or, you know, non-traditional uh, lenders and paying 30 or 40 percent uh, for a loan. Are, are there any other benefits uh, from using GoPeer instead of? Maybe even using GoPeer instead of a bank, even though you apply or, or you, you qualify for a loan through a bank? Yeah, definitely. So if you're looking for a loan, what we're seeing, there's a few use cases that we're seeing. Um, some people do qualify for, for, for a loan at the bank, but they prefer to come to GoPeer mostly for the convenience and the speed. Hmm. Um, so you, you apply online, it takes a minute or two. Uh, you get your identity uh, verified online. It's a very seamless process. You connect to your to your bank Um your bank account online. The entire process takes a few minutes at most. And then our, our underwriting model will score the loan and we'll have someone on our credit team to do a final review before approving the loan. But the, the entire process can be done very quickly. And, and you could do it from, you know, in a pajamas in your sofa if you want to. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what we've heard mostly from people who, who have very high credit scores um, that could definitely just go to their bank and possibly have either uh, comparable rates for unsecured term loans, or sometimes uh, if they have access to home equity line of credit, then our rates usually are a little bit higher than what they could they could have access to. Cool. Yeah, that but makes the, sense. Yeah, but the majority of um, the market that we serve and our core focus is debt consolidation. And this is the market mm. that we want to own. Um, that's what we've noticed that about 70% of the borrowers that come onto our platform, they currently have a loan with some of our competitors usually will be non-bank lenders, um, or they carry credit card loans months, like credit card, sorry, a balance on their credit card month over month, and they come onto a platform to consolidate their their loans at a better rate. Yeah, so uh, I think we we were talking before we started recording here. You know, a lot of um, the loans end up, or you might have even said this earlier, the lo the loans end up being between like 11, 15 percent. Obviously, that's better than the vast majority, if not all credit cards on this, you have a stellar credit rating and, you know, you've you've actually called your bank or your credit card issuer to be like, I might just cancel it or, you know, give me a better rate. And, and they've worked with you a little bit. I think the best I've ever seen, you know, for you know black card, you make a couple million bucks a year is like seven or eight percent, which is a good interest rate for a credit card. But it's still 
it's still you know a, a, a sizable amount of interest if you have a large balance uh so certainly you know anywhere between 11 to 15 percent maybe even up to 17 again depending on the individual is still an improvement potentially on their 19 22 25 percent uh, interest rate on their on their credit card so that uh, that makes a lot of sense did you consider building the platform um integrating any sort of blockchain technology of any kind um if so what did that due diligence and decision process look like um and actually yeah we'll we'll start there and then i'll, I'll follow up after <laughs> i know you're a pro when it comes to uh to, to blockchain and uh, <laughs> i wouldn't say i'm a pro i'm not a developer i'm not a developer i'm a power <laughs> user not a developer though so i i know more than enough to to be dangerous uh but <laughs> but enough to know where my where my knowledge ends and i need to defer to somebody else so we did some initial analysis on that quite a while ago, maybe two years ago, three years ago, when we were just getting started. Um, we looked you know, at Bitcoin mostly for their um, distributed ledger technology and the architecture that would support the platform. The sort of there's a lot of advantages like the immutability and and, mm -hmm. um, and, and other sort of uh, characteristics of of the distributed. Uh, ledger technology but in the end we decided that it was not necessary for our um, platform for the model that um, and we decided to build the technology from scratch instead using a uh, microservices architecture okay um, maybe in the future we'll we'll want to implement some sort of blockchain technology but for now we we've um, uh, we decided that it was not a necessary addition to the uh, to the platform Sure. A little bit more on that. Do you think there's room to build on top of a low fee, fast blockchain? I'm thinking of something like Solana, uh, Near is pretty good too, uh, in the future so that the data that's collected, you know, like I could take my, my data somewhere else, uh, you know, really, really easily, kind of like in an open banking uh, type style or uh, potentially, you know, make it easier for GoPeer to offer additional services as well? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, one of the things that were important for us when we designed the platform was to build a solution and an architecture that was robust and that could easily evolve with the different technologies. So although that's not something that we're considering today, um, we've built the platform in a way, in, in a microservices architecture way, that it's a lot of very, very small independent component that talks to each other. Mm -hmm. We can easily replace one component with, with a new technology um, and the entire platform keeps functioning. Um, so, so in, in short, that's not something we're considering right now, but it, it could be possible in the future, certainly. Cool. Fair enough. Uh, how do you feel about open banking initiatives in general? Uh, they've really taken off in Europe. We seem to be starting to get our, our, our heads together at the governmental and very large institutional level here in Canada. Um, would they help a business like GoPeer and, and, and how? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, um, our underwriting technology relies on the part of the, the technology that we have relies on, on your own banking data. So we look at your transaction history when you apply for a loan, for example, that's how we're able to see um, your income. So we verify the income automatically without having you upload any further documents, for example. And that can be done in real time. Having open banking will make those solutions a lot more straightforward and give more granularity 
um, on what you as an individual want to share with a company like GoPeer. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think we'll, you know, um, the ownership of the data would shift from the incumbents and larger financial institution that currently have this data to to the individual like you, for example, you would own your own financial data and you'll be able to share the parts that you want with the, with the parties that you want, um, giving you a lot more control over 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 um, what you want to, what you're comfortable sharing and then giving companies like GoPeer more, um, well, one more granularity. We don't want to see everything. We don't need to see everything. There's just bits and pieces that we need. And I think uh, having a dedicated framework for open banking will offer that granularity to one, protect uh, individuals better and, and give them more control over their own data. Yeah, uh, I think, uh, I went through the application process myself because I wanted to see what it was like. And it looks like uh, you're probably using Equifax or TransUnion, uh, you know, or, or maybe an intermediary in there to verify uh, address and name and that sort of thing, you know, against credit reports. Uh, and then probably F Plaid or Flinks for the actual data or banking data. Is that right? That's right. Cool. So, um, yeah, I guess exactly what you're saying, where you take, maybe you don't take necessarily the intermediary out of it, but uh, I'm familiar enough with Plaid's platform and how it works to know that um, you as the integrator don't get a lot of choice <laughs> in terms of uh, what you ask for. Maybe things have changed in the last year, last time I saw it, but you don't get a ton of choice in terms of what you ask for uh, and what you get. And ultimately, you're tailoring your platform to to look for specific fields assuming it's like a an xml file to, type of thing uh and then you know hopefully you're, you're throwing away the rest or you're ignoring the rest because you've gotten what you needed open banking like you said could make it a lot more granular so that the request would still come up you know i probably still need to provide my username or my password for uh, my bank in this case but potentially i'd get an, an extra uh field of you know um, says something like go peer is requesting the last 90 days of transactions uh, a credit card limit or something like that not necessarily usage um, and maybe a couple other things and it would be actually a lot more clear to me what you're asking for and of course you'd only get the data uh, go peer would only get the data that they're asking for as opposed to all this extra cruft that you ultimately don't need or want more That's or right. less where we're headed I think so. And there, there's also um, room for oversight and regulation and, and just better quality, I think, access to data overall for, for, for parties like, like GoPeer, for example, and more control and oversight and ownership for individuals that are sharing this data as well. Right. Cool. How satisfied are you with how far GoPeer has come? Uh, the company is still relatively young, a couple of years old from uh, from it, uh, uh, inception to, to now, by the sounds of it. Uh, are you happy with your results and your growth so far? Yes, definitely. So uh, we actually launched the company uh, to the public on September 1st, 2020. So it's been, it's not even been a year now. We're still fairly yeah. young and growing on a monthly basis. Uh, so that's exciting, uh, but yeah, but you're right. It took some time. It took almost two years to um, to to build the the the, um, the the technology, obtain all the regulatory licenses to operate that business model across the country. Terrific. And what's next for you? You said that you know right now you're really focused on debt consolidation type loans. Um, 
what do you think maybe if you want to share or if you're willing to share what the next target growth area might be or or maybe the next product that you want to launch yeah, so our core focus is debt consolidation, and that's a market we really want to own, and we'll be focused on that market for, for some time um, until we can serve it much better. And we want to build technology to eventually we'd like to get rid of the traditional credit score. Currently, what we're trying to build is identifying those that you know fall through the cracks on the traditional framework, trying to find those who are credit worthy, um, but but then banks won't necessarily perceive them as credit worthy, for example, or the credit score would not be, you know, would not truly reflect their, their situation where we can um, sort of uh, build technology to, to appropriately identify your risk profile and appropriately assess an interest rate that will reward the investors that took a, a risk in investing into your loan. So appropriately rewarding them for the risk that they're taking, but while offering a fair uh, rate for the borrowers. That's one of our uh, core focus. And then other other products that we'll develop in the future. We have a lot of ideas. There's a lot of options. There's a lot of opportunities. Um, but right now we're 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 focusing on on the debt consolidation side. Cool. That makes sense. I actually didn't even touch on this. I, I have not signed up as an investor yet. I'm going to because I think this is terrific. Um, was there anything novel on the investor side of things that you had to do in order to to get to this place? Uh, we talked a little bit about the borrower. You know, you've got integrations happening in the background to try to make the application process only take a few minutes, which it does, at least in my experience. Um, what about the investor side of things? What does that look like uh, in terms of the application process and the the uh, the tech you needed to to build or integrate in order to make that process hopefully as simple as possible? Yeah, so it was very important for us to have a solution that's automated, mostly automated or fully automated, online, seamless, um, you know, integrated, and um, and we've spent a lot of time and resources to develop an onboarding um, process for investors. Again, this is a heavily regulated space, and we have a lot of obligations and sort of burdens as a as a exempt market dealer and, and financial institution where. For example, anti-money laundering, anti-terrorist financing, that may seem trivial or very basic, but for a small company to make sure that the funds that you transfer on GoPeer does not come from the proceeds of money laundering, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's that's our day, we have day-to-day obligations and, and reporting to do on that front. So definitely there was a, a big part of the technology that we had to build was to automate that component. And another big part is um, the concept of suitability. So we're essentially selling investments through our platform. And we need, and one of the key differentiators that we have is that those investments are available to everyone, or at least every people living in Canada in in the age of majority, sorry. You do not need to be an accredited investor to invest through GoPeer. And for those that are not accredited investors, which is the vast majority of us, um, <laughs> well, maybe included. not you, Derek. No, oh, yeah? no. I, oh, man. <laughs> maybe one day I'll be a millionaire. I'm not there yet. I um, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so there's a, a concept of, of suitability where we need to make sure as a dealer, as an exempt market dealer, we need to make sure that the investments that you're purchasing, the, the, the notes that you're investing in are a suitable investment for you mm-hmm. and that the risk that you're taking 
um, in investing in, in those note matches your overall risk profile, matches your overall investment strategy, um, depending on your knowledge as well. So there's a lot of sort of checks and balances and, and a, a fairly complex algorithm that underpins the suitability assessment. That, and that was one of the core uh, component that I didn't mention earlier, but that we needed to, to build in order to obtain uh, the, uh, the regulatory licenses to, to, to be registered as an exempt market dealer. Cool. Um, I used Kiva a few times in the past. I might have some credit there right now that I need to lend out. But uh, that process was, for better or worse, really manual. Uh, I needed to, uh, yeah, I had the choice, which was kind of nice. I had the choice of, of lending out the 25 or $50 or what have you at the time uh, to a woman from Ghana or, you know, a, a family from Colombia or something like that and, and target my investment, you know, my loan that way. Is it similar for, for GoPeer or are you automating this based on um that person's risk tolerance so if i'm let's just use random numbers here if i'm a, a seven out of ten on my risk tolerance level right so i'm willing to take more risk than other people but you know i don't if we were calling the stocks or, or like an etf i don't want to be 100 percent in stocks right i want some bonds and stuff like that mixed in um so in terms of that sort of risk level if i'm a seven out of ten are you just doling out that money to whomever needs it and, and keeping the risk tolerance uh within within that level or am i actually like scanning through the platform and being like oh that person's got a great business plan or you know that person really needs some help and i'm and i'm you know lending out a thousand dollars to that person in uh, uh specifically um so both options are available okay. and uh, it really depends on on the investors some they prefer some they come into the platform every day sometimes multiple times a day and they look at the new loans that are available um, they sort of manually, I know some of them, they, they can download sort of the data in Excel and, and do some analysis. Uh, they have their own thesis and, and they really have a sort of hands-on approach to investing through GoPeer. Hmm. Um, and we also have a feature that's called auto-invest where you can set the, you know, your, your risk boundaries. So, sorry, we, we grade every loan from A plus through to E depending on the risk profile that it represents. So you can select what risk grade that you're comfortable with. And then the auto-invest tool will automatically invest a certain amount per loan that you can set. Uh, and it will automatically sorry, automatically diversify it as well. So one of the most important things when investing through GoPeers to build a diversified portfolio. Mm -hmm. um, so it will automatically diversify across various regions. For example, you don't want to be over-concentrated in the South Ontario automotive market, or you don't want to be over-concentrated in the, I don't know, Northern Alberta market uh, with um, uh, oil, oil and gas, for example. Yeah. So we'll automatically um, diversify your portfolio across geographies, across industry of employment, across risk grades. Um, so that usually is the approach that we recommend for most uh, investors, uh, but both options are available. Yeah, I really want like a Ronco chicken rotisserie, set it, forget it. I'll come back in a few months and see, you know, $1,000 has grown to uh, uh, 1050 or 1100 Perfect. I'm earning money. That's all they care about. Good stuff. Um, I, we've touched a little bit on, on this already, but I want to delve into it a little, a little bit more specifically. As a Canadian company, what benefits have you had uh, being Canadian, operating in Canada? 
Well, we have a very strong regulatory framework. I may have complained <laughs> about it a little bit at the beginning, um, but I think investors are protected, and most uh, most users are, are are protected as individuals, and and that is um, a necessity for a business model. You, you know, when you lend money, you need to know that the person will pay back, or that at least you have a legal framework that governs how um, you know how the loan is paid back, or if if, if they don't, what are the um, uh, recourses that we have and how collections work, for example, and, and definitely that system is very advanced here in Canada. Um, and similarly, on the investor side, I think it's important trust and um, legitimacy and trust are very, very important in our in our business. Um, and the fact that we have very strong regulatory bodies that oversees the financial industry in Canada adds a little bit of trust and, and confidence from the public into uh, financial services. Um, so th definitely those are some of the um, stronger points of operating in Canada. Terrific. Uh, on the flip side, what kinds of things are holding GoPeer back from maybe growing quick, quick more quickly, launching more products, that sort of thing? <laughs> I think the same. <laughs> same Mine's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. Or, so yeah, same answer. Yeah, as the regulations is good to uh, to to, to um, promote trust in the sector, it's also very difficult, for example, for us to launch in internationally because of those money laundering uh, laws, anti-terrorist financing laws, know your customer, know your client uh, regulations. It's very very difficult to uh, to have our products available, like broadly available across the world for anyone who would like to invest in a in a loan through Gopier, for example. Um, international international expansion is part of our roadmap in the future, uh, but that but but there will definitely be some challenges uh, with respect to that. Um, is it possible for you to offer the like on, even on just on the investor side, like offer non-Canadian investors the opportunity to lend to Canadian uh, residents? We're not offering this right now, um, no. mostly because if you're not residing in Canada, let's say you're residing in the United States, then we need to comply with United States securities law. Mm -hmm. And um, we've decided to just focus on the Canadian market for now. And later in a few years, we may expand internationally. That makes sense. Okay, cool. Uh, I want to touch on one more thing. The um, I, Before uh, the end time started about a year ago, <laughs> that's, that's, that's what it feels like sometimes. Um, but before, uh, the pandemic, uh, and all that hit was GoPeer based in an office. Like, were you going to an office in every day or, or were you already a remote only, or even just a remote first team? A little bit of both. So we had an office, we were office based, um, but we were a parent, we've always been a parent friendly company or we've tried to be. And um, I mean, I, I don't have kids myself, but my co-founder has has three kids. So it was always important to us to be flexible in that front. So we had we had an office um, we uh, where people came into the office most of the days. And uh, that was great. <laughs> Personally, I liked it. I think most of us liked uh, the flexibility of being able to go to the office and the flexibility of working from home um, you know, when you want to, to work from mm -hmm. home. Uh, now we don't have an office anymore. Uh, like many other companies, we've been working remotely. I think the transition was pretty smooth for us. Um, we've implemented some remote activities uh, like social gatherings and um, played some games of Among, Among Us and other 
um, you know, trying to, to do some remote activities to promote team building and, 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 and having discussions that is not just about work, um, but it's been working uh, well so far. Um, I'm really excited for when this pandemic is going to be over. I'm not sure if we'll <laughs> go back to the office right away, <laughs> but uh, I, I think most of us would like uh, would like the social interaction. That's for sure. Uh, Worst your say? Well, actually, has the has the lease been terminated, or are you actually still paying for an office that you're literally just not using now? Uh, it's been terminated. We, okay. Uh, <clears throat> or it's been downsized us significantly, at least. Okay, so at least you're saving a little bit of money that way, and I guess you can put most of that into those other activities you were talking about to to keep the team bonding and and getting to know each other when uh, when you need to. That's cool. Uh, so I guess beforehand you already had most of that, um, most if any technology you needed in order to make uh, this currently remote only uh, environment possible. Whether you you know whether everything's hosted in in the cloud, quote unquote. Or uh, maybe you had a um, a VPN device of some kind set up at the office or something like that. Was there any sort of um, besides the people you know having to move home? Was there any other technology related stuff you had to change or modify or move in order to make that process um, uh, easier? Not really. Uh, we've always been cloud based from the get go. We've operated with VPNs for uh, access to special uh, features of the of the platform. Uh, from from the beginning, um, and and we've been using sort of you know Microsoft Teams and and other um, I, like uh, other tools. I think from from the very beginning, actually before we had an office, we were working remotely as as a right, startup yeah. uh, that is bootstrapped at the time. Um, so so perhaps that that was one of the you know in in our very very beginning when this was just an idea and a project that we were that we were working on uh, we we didn't have an office so uh, i think that's forced us to to use those types of tools and then the 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 shift to a remote work environment was pretty seamless fair enough cool um all right i think we'll end off with this question what's missing uh maybe in your industry or in um canadian technology in general what's missing that you wish somebody would build um that's interesting i think well open open data i think open banking is one that's very important and but i would i would like to see that extended to like credit files and um yeah, credit file data as well mm -hmm. with a lot more um granularity and and uh i think that would be uh, that, that would be great uh, right now we're we're relying most on the credit file and on the banking data uh, if we if if both of them were to be included in a sort of regulated framework where individuals have the ownership of, of those data and and um, you know it's more centralized, I think that 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 could be really good. Fair enough. Cool. Uh, thanks so much for your time. This was a really good uh, uh, really good to learn more about GoPeer and how it works and some of those uh, hurdles you have to overcome. And hopefully everybody listening or watching uh, really enjoyed it too. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you for having me, Derek. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Canadian Tech Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a five-star rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast app, or like the video and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We'll see you back here in two weeks. In the meantime, have fun.